0: living my prayer for truth i call in my prayer it is simple and clear it wants me to give and receive love
1: i call in the light to make everything right and show Hello and welcome to Rewire Your Attachment Style. This is Maya Diamond, and I'm so excited to be joined today by Nisha Mikhailian. He's a husband, father, serial entrepreneur, and has a deep passion for contributing to the evolution of human consciousness. He has started and led and is currently leading an intentional community and He is married to an amazing woman who's the reason that we're doing this interview today because I put out a Facebook post asking who's the most secure person you know and his amazing wife, Christina, responded raving about her husband. So (laughs) I knew I had to interview him and I've seen the two of you throughout the years at parties in our community at Burning Man and always felt so much love and joy between the two of you. So, so palpable. So without further ado, let's dive in. So yeah, I would love to start with like, what do you love about your marriage? What do you love about your relationship?
0: Well, first of all, I'm super excited to be here, Maya. I've, I've never like talked about my relationship before on a podcast. So it's like, it's, mm-hmm. I'm excited to share because I really love my relationship. And um, Christine and I, we just celebrated our seven year anniversary.
1: Mm-hmm. And Congratulations. The,
0: Thanks. The thing the things that I love most about our relationship is just how well we complement each other. We're very different people. I find like either relationships work well where people are like so similar that they just like like click on everything and then yeah. or they're so different that they like complement each other in s- certain ways where it's like we actually share completely close to completely identical values. Mm the way we operate and move around the world and create in the world is very different. Like we have very different styles and, and that actually it, it it feels like we just like complement each other so well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But, but we, we have the same values and we're just really passionate people that really care about other people. And we're both very giving. So we're always like Mm -hmm. giving to each other and like supporting each other. So yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's like, I, I love those differences in the way we complement, And I also love the, the foundation of the values that have really, like, supported us.
1: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And when you think about empathy, emotional responsiveness, healthy communication, these kind of fundamental skills for healthy, loving partnership, I'm wondering, like, where did you learn those skills? Was it childhood? Was it like workshops like was it therapy like where did you did those did you always have those skills
0: yeah i I mean I definitely didn't always have those skills, but I've built those skills over over a lifetime and mm-hmm. which you know it's like i'm like i'm like middle age now i'm like i feel i still feel like a teenager but <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've been, like decades really honing in some of these skills and you know i as an entrepreneur, I was kind of forced to learn communication and collaboration skills pretty early in my career. Cause I, I started my first company as a teenager and, you know, just to wow. be successful. And as an entrepreneur, you need to learn how to communicate well. But I think the skills really got amplified when I went on my own personal development journey, which mm-hmm. you know, I can call my, my personal development journey, my spiritual awakening journey, but they, they kind of went hand in hand. Yeah. And, um, there was a lot of, work I did during that time like different organizations and coaches that have had a huge impact on me um but specifically to communication I think the the two biggest things that had an impact on me there was one was when I did landmark like there was a Mm -hmm. personal development like fully opened up my world as to you know all the different stories I was creating Mm -hmm. that was impacting my communication Mm -hmm. what was like me and somebody else and Mm -hmm. really me to learn how to own what all my own stuff was nice. that I was kind of like and 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 to really see the lenses i was looking through everything by and mm-hmm. after i did that course i got to a place where i felt like i could look at every piece of communication through m- not only my lens but the lens of the person i was communicating with
1: mm-hmm. so
0: it created this like insane degree of empathy and understanding where like i wasn't really judging anyone anymore because I was like, oh, I can see why they're, and I was asking questions to get into their world. And like, and I was always balancing that, like, this is how I see things and this is how someone else sees things. And I just, I feel like it just gave me an understanding that like, we actually all see things through very different lenses in the world. And so that was the first big one.
1: That's huge. I love that. I love the way that you describe that so well, because it's, that's such an important thing which is putting yourself into someone else's shoes and that creates that powerful empathy and so to be able to say like oh this is my lens this is their lens okay how can i like really get their lens yeah
0: so so yeah so that was that was a big one and then
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then the spiritual work i did after that whether it was like mm-hmm. just meditation different healing work like it was basically like layer after layer of like really like healing the trauma of my life and Mm -hmm. and getting to a point like i got to a point where i actually didn't get triggered by anything for like several years wow and then i and then i actually met my wife so like i i I knew my wife but i actually got into like what was the most deepest dharmic like relationship that i've ever been called into Mm. and for the first time in a long time, I actually found myself like really triggered and really confronted. But having been at that place prior to the relationship had me get that that was my, all my own stuff. It just took really aligning with like my queen to like start bringing that up,
1: you know? Mm,
0: Wow. Um, And, and I mean, I was trying to put myself in situations before that, that would like get me triggered, you know, like I was like, doing the polyamory thing for a while and like, just like doing things where I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to like, you know, like, yeah, like find yeah. something to work on here. Um
1: Wow. amazing!
0: Diving in that relationship. And then <clears throat> to kind of close off the answer to this, as we went down that path, there was another tool that came up, which was mm-hmm. the Mago communication. And I'm not sure if yeah. you've heard of that. Yep. That has been the best tool that my wife and I have used to mm-hmm see each other and feel each other in times of conflict where in the beginning of a relationship, there was a lot of conflict and there was a lot of challenges and there was a lot of healing and that's what was like essential. And then we eventually got to a place where like, instead of doing a Mago like every month or a couple times a month, like multiple times a month, like now it's like maybe like every other year, like we'll get into a conflict where we need to use this tool. But it really supported us in building that communication foundation for our relationship. And it's, you know, for people who haven't heard of Amago, it's basically a tool that forces you to slow conversations way, way, way down. And like uh. person has the space to fully be heard and listen and seen and everything they want to share
1: mm-hmm.
0: and everything's reflected back to them. So it's like a normal conversation. You go back and forth many times in a half an hour with Imago. It's like, one person takes this age for 20 minutes and someone takes this age but it's basically until they feel complete that like they've fully been seen for their their where they're at
1: yes yes and that makes so much sense that that is so powerful and healing because when we feel seen and heard and loved then we can relax and we feel accepted and we can kind of come to an agreement or come to clarity but Without if both people are triggered and both people are not feeling seen or love, then it's just going to escalate and create more conflict and and disconnection, so that makes some sense yeah um, i'm wondering in terms of commitment what's your relationship what do you what are your thoughts about commitment and what's your relationship with commitment
0: interesting i i don't use that word a lot, but like one of the core values that Christine and I both had when we started dating, we like looked at our values together and we realized we had mm-hmm. shared a lot of the same core values um, is devotion. And you can look at devotion through the lens of commitment, but it, it, it feels deeper to me. You know, it yeah. feels like, you know, there's, there's some level of like dharmic energetic knowing of mm. a deep purpose to being committed to something hmm. to me commitment is kind of weak without a deeper why behind it you know and it's like mm-hmm. either that devotion is coming from a spiritual place where there's yeah. just a knowing of like this is like like for me there was this like knowing like within a week of dating christina like i feel like i had an inner knowing like this is my wife
1: yeah yeah
0: and And there were actually so many like red flags in like where she just got out of a relationship, you know, with, and she had a six month old son with, um, her partner and I was friends with that person. Like there were so many things that normally like I would have like Mm -hmm. not gone here. Yeah. But there was just such a deep knowing like very quickly that it's like,
1: Mm
0: you're, this is is my queen. So like.
1: You just listen to that, even though the externals might have been. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It grounded us in like this. There was just this deep, deep devotion from the very beginning that like really pulled us through all our challenges, you know? Wow. So, so to me, like, yeah, commitment, commitment is I'm committed to something when it either A feels like it's, it's, there's a deep spiritual calling to it, or mm-hmm. B, it's like so aligned with like my purpose, my values, my, you know, but my why of like why I existed. Like I naturally show up committed to something, and then if if I'm not mm-hmm. committed to something, I really have to look at it as like, why am I not committed to this? Is there right. lacking alignment? It's like you know
1: what's yeah. And when you describe that knowing, because we talk a lot about that in my work, which is helping people really follow that knowing inside of their bodies. I'm curious, like, when you think back, where did you, yeah, where did you feel that knowing in your body? And, but what had you, like, yeah, what was that felt sense of knowing for you? What did it feel like?
0: Yeah. I, something that like originates like in my gut, but mm-hmm. it's, it really is like a full body knowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I'll, sh- I'll share something about my journey to getting to that point because Please. actually. Like, A year before I dated Christina, before we, we never actually dated. We had like this magical cosmic first kiss, which we were like at a like Valentine's Day party where spin the bottle. It wasn't, it was like a friendly kiss. It wasn't like a romantic thing. And it was Mm -hmm. just, it was so like, it was like fireworks went off that it was like, okay. And then we like hung out one time and it was like, by the end of that week, I was like, this is my wife. And it was kind of crazy. You know, it wasn't like we never even dated. It was like we went from, like, friends, we kissed, and a week later, it's like, this is my wife, and now we got to navigate all this crazy stuff that's in our state. <laughs> um, but, okay, I kind of digress. So a year before that, <laughs> um I actually took on this challenge to live my life 100% devoted to my intuition. Wow and to to like cultivate a deeper mm. connection to like this knowing or this like this you know what, what i would call like spirit you know really it's like there's i feel like intuition comes from a spiritual face it comes from like an interconnected place of everybody and it taps into like a deeper knowing that exists in the universe and what happened was i actually committed that I will listen to my intuition 100% of the time, no matter what. And through that journey, there were some really tough things I had to do where I'm like, I don't want to leave the situation I'm in right now, but my intuition is telling me to go out and I left, you know, or like, I really want to be doing this. Like this logically makes so much more sense to me, but my intuition is telling me to go do this. And I went and did it and I'll, I could spend a whole hour talking about that journey, but, and I have completed chapters to people's books on intuition. And I've, I've I've actually spoken about this in the past, but, but I'll say that the key things that came out of that for me, the the key things I realized was like that intuition is like, was like a little boy, like on my shoulder, like trying to guide me. And it was like whispering. And only when I started listening to it all the time, did it build the confidence to like, be like, Super vocal, right, so th- it's like what I found is like the more I listened, yes, the louder it got,
1: 100%.
0: and then, secondly, what I discovered in doing some of these things, like that I didn't want to do that these things would lead me down these like chain of events where like I listened to my intuition here, here, and here, mm-hmm. and if I hadn't said yes to all three of these things, it wouldn't have got me to this other place right and what i realized it's like holy shit when we're like kind of casually listening to our intuition and we're picking and choosing when we want to listen to it we're actually missing the gold because you're not doing the things the multiple things that are actually required to get to that juicy amazing like holy shit this really just happened to me breakthrough and if and and i put the pieces back together at those like at those points and be like, holy crap, if I didn't follow this thing, like, I mean, I was like, I was on Necker Island with Richard Branson on a vacation mm-hmm. and my intuition told me to go back home and I left, you know, it's like, yeah, like crazy shit where it's like, this is, you know, I've been a few times, but it was like still like a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. Like, Even if you've been a few times and like, and I was like, could have stayed longer, but I left because my intuition told me to go. Wow. And, like, making decisions like that were, like, so hard for me. Yeah. I followed that commitment, and it led me to the most magical places in my life. Wow. It, it actually trained me to follow my intuition to the point that when, like, I met my wife, like, if I didn't have that deep knowing, like, I don't think I would have made it past those first couple of years. Like, I don't, you know, it's like, it almost makes me a little choked up because... Yeah. You know, like without that, like I might not have what I have now, which is, it's just like the most amazing relationship I could ever imagine being in, you know? Yeah. And yeah, so that, that was a big part of my journey in wow. like being at that point where like, where that knowing was so deep and there was such a commitment to it, you know? Yeah. It, 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 it brought me through the hard times, right? It brought me through the things that I needed to get through to get to
1: the other side. Yeah, I love that piece around how that deep devotion and commitment to following your intuition and the times that you might not have had you not been in that commitment because you would have, you would have followed your mind probably instead led you to these places that you just wouldn't have gotten to otherwise it's just it's a very it's it's so so cool and I think that also I just also want to affirm that piece around how because I've studied intuition ever since grad school and really for the last 15 years have been listening to intuition more and more and noticing because I almost died not listening to my intuition. Actually, that's, a, yeah, that's a whole story um, that's going to go in my book for sure. But like our intuition is so strong. It's so, so strong, so powerful and exactly. It can, it's, it can save us, but it can also bring us to these amazing experiences and to your beloved wife and family, right? How many children do you have? Three kids. Three, Three kids. kids. Yeah. So yeah, I just want to bring <laughs> them into the conversation also. So yeah. yeah, what a, what a powerful story. And, um, and like, yeah, following that, knowing and working through the things you guys needed, the fact that you guys were both there's also this piece around willingness, like both of you really willing to do the work to work through what you needed to work through to get to a more calm and grounded place, calm and harmonious place, because the love was there, the attraction was there, the chemistry, the commitment. And so just working through all of that. Um, it's amazing when both people are willing and both people are open. Um, these tools can just work such magic.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I would say even the chemistry wasn't like off the charts for us. Yeah. We, we developed time. We developed that.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Can you say a little more about that? Cause that's really important for people to hear.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, just the devotion and our commitment to growth was so strong from the beginning. And it was only after like clearing some of the shit that was in between us and like getting to this place of like our relationship there's there's, now there's you know like it took me multiple years before my wife fully trusted me
1: Mm.
0: because of her own stuff and I had to be able to sit with that and be okay with that even though like I look at myself through the lens of like I'm one of the most trustworthy people I know like I'm I haven't cheated on former partners like I am like Integrity is like wow. my mm-hmm. deepest values. I'm very loyal. And so that was very hard to like not feel this sense of trust. But it was her own stuff, right? So mm-hmm. just having the like devotion again through this like deep knowingness and being willing yeah. to work through that stuff, even when she was attacking me for something that like had nothing to do with me, for me to just be able to sit there and like take an attack and just respond with like. That's not your truth. And I love you. And I see that this is like your pain. Like it actually took me not getting triggered by it for her to, to see that reflection and be like, holy shit, this is all my stuff and I need to work through it. Now, if I would have, and I did, I did. There were times where I got triggered by it. And every time I would get triggered by these kind of like responses it didn't go anywhere. Right. Like it then became about me. And then I was pissed at her and there was like triggers and I yeah. made it about me. And it was only in me being so clear that this wasn't my stuff. Yeah. that I could be just completely loving to her in the face of her, like yelling at me or attacking me, um, that she was able to see that like, Oh shit, this is like my own stuff here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I just want to, hi. sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I I don't even know where else I was gonna go with it. Okay, okay,
1: perfect. (laughs) Because I want to really highlight what you just shared because this is such a powerful example of secure attachment. So you're you were embodying so much secure attachment. You that you were able your embodiment of just being there, present, loving, available. Holding that frame, holding her in her, just being there with her in her stuff, and and sharing with her what you were seeing, but also sharing with her your love, allowed her nervous system to say, "Oh my," because she might have been like having a bit of a, you know, from my attachment perspective, mind, you know, who knows, maybe her disorganized, maybe she had some disorganized attachment, and so she might have been pushing back from sometimes with love when we're not used to healthy love, it's actually quite uncomfortable for the nervous system. Who knows what was going on? But either way, she might've been you know, pushing back on it and you holding that frame of like, this is your stuff, I'm here, I love you, I care about you, allowed her nervous system to heal in that way. So br- brought her into deeper security, internal security inside of her body. And then that creates that secure relationship between the two of you. And so it's such a great example for either partner, whatever your gender, when you can hold that loving stance that's so mature, so emotionally mature, and not easy to do. And exactly like the more that we're in that mindfulness, and that groundedness and centeredness and not in our... Uh, fight or flight or freeze trauma response or trigger response, the more we can do that in relationship, we can hold that grounded secure stance with someone in the midst of them throwing this stuff that doesn't feel like it's ours or that doesn't feel like it's even the relationships. So, um, so yeah, really powerful example of that. Yeah. Um, really holding that strong. And that's, yeah, not easy. Exactly. That's based on all the work that you've done, but also I'm curious, like what was your, and yeah, yeah. I'm curious. What was your relationship with your mother? Like growing up, how did you feel about her as a child? Like what was, what were some of the qualities that she had? Hmm. My
0: mom was pretty much my everything growing up. You know? She was really there for me when there were challenges in my family and like, you know, my dad was drinking a lot and that led to a lot of like different challenges. And so my mom and I were very close. Um, and we've always been very close and you know, we've had ups and downs at different times, but, um, but yeah, I would say, there's, there's always been a very like deep, close connection between us. Um mm-hmm. and In some sense, I've always felt like, yeah, I've, I've always felt like even my mom lives on the property with us right now, and mm-hmm.
1: she's
0: here and she hangs out with our kids regularly, and it's like, you know, it's like a lot of people can't live with their parents, but like I've lived, my mom's lived with me for most of my adult life,
1: for mm-hmm. like half of it, if not two thirds of it. Um,
0: so, so yeah, so we have a really, really close and good relationship. Um, you know, we have our stuff too, but it's like, there's not a, a, like Christine and I, like in our relationship are so committed to working through our stuff together that there's a mutual desire to work through it. And I think yeah. with my mom, she's, she's had enough trauma and challenges in her life where she kind of like, doesn't want to open up that yes. anymore. And so I just I, like I let her stuff go as best as I can, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Because there's not that mutual desire to like really work through it and grow through it
1: yeah. with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you really felt like she was there for you. It sounds like you felt like she. It's. Not, I'm feeling like they're pretty secure attachment with your mom. In other words, she was consistent. She was reliable. She was loving. She was responsive and, um, and continues yeah. to be, it sounds like for,
0: for most of my childhood. And there was a point when I was a teenager that my mom kind of fell apart and I, I actually like stepped in and I was, mm-hmm. I was forced to kind of like take over some things and to show mm-hmm. up and I hadn't shown up before. And it kind of forced me to grow up fast and, um, after she had divorced my dad and, you know, so she, she went through her own degree of falling apart, which in a way she prepared me to have the patience or space needed to like, you know, work through things with other people later right. in life. But, but, um, yeah,
1: that was hard, obviously. Yeah, so. but the foundation
0: yeah. was there where it's like, she was my everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. she played a really important role mm-hmm. in my early childhood and like having me feel like safe
1: yeah yeah that's huge and then in terms of your relationship with your dad what was that like growing up how did you feel about him as a child
0: yeah i it it was hard i I won't go into details out of respect for him because i know if he he heard me sharing details about my childhood he might not appreciate it
1: yeah Um, yeah
0: but it was hard it was a hard relationship i mean he he was an alcoholic and he drank a lot and, mm-hmm. and that led to like a lot of like uncomfortable situations for a child to deal with. Yeah. And, you know, so we only after I actually did landmark that I like fully forgive him for everything. And we mm-hmm. actually had communication where like, despite the, the challenges we had had in my childhood, like, like we got to what I felt was like a really clear space at that time. Uh, but you know, that was like 20 something years later uh, after doing a lot of like personal work to like get to the point of
1: like fully forgiving him and, and yeah. fully like moving through the challenges of that relationship. Yeah. Beautiful. And I'm wondering in terms of, let's see, what's, this is something that I coach women on a lot and give kind of coaching around which is like and so i love asking men this question which is what's your favorite way to receive feedback from a woman or from your partner like what do you really if 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 you could have your wife do it anyway how would how would she do it
0: that's a really good question and it's interesting because i'm noticing my response to that is actually like that there's something touchy there. Like there's something like I'm not, I think there's a, there's like an undertone of challenge sometimes in the way she gives me feedback and I just uh-huh. end up okay with it. And I, I actually haven't been able to articulate a better way in like how I want
1: mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm.
0: No, it doesn't feel great. Mm-hmm. currently, And it's, it hasn't been such a, it hasn't been a really difficult thing. So I haven't like, dealt with it, but as you're saying that I'm like, yeah, that's something to like look at. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah. Like Yeah. I yeah, I don't know. It's it's something so that's me. T- it's like yeah, I so- around it, but I'm like seeing a lot of different threads. Um, so in
1: terms of what you desire at this moment, like it's not clear what you actually desire around it?
0: Yeah, I think there's there's a general theme that's coming through my Coming through me right now that I want feedback more on like a high level and not into the weeds of the details where, Uh you know, sometimes I feel like when I share things with my wife and it's like, oh, this is a work conversation I'm having or this is a challenge or this and that, you know, she'll go into like details of the way I might be delivering something or doing something rather than just like providing me her like high level view Mm -hmm. of the situation. and. Mm I'd like to get feedback in a way that feels like she trusts me more in like how I'm managing the details Yeah, that, that shares her wisdom and expertise
1: mm-hmm.
0: without necessarily um telling me what to do. Yeah. That's, 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 that's where there's a little bit of a rub sometimes that she has a way of giving feedback. Sometimes that like comes across to me as like, she might be telling me like what to do or suggesting things rather than just like being like, you know, like you're a sovereign individual, you're going to make the best call, but let me give you my input. So Mm -hmm. you can, you can take this input to like make the best call, you know?
1: I love that distinction. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Or it's like some things are like, this is a mutual decision and we have like an equal part in it. And I respect that. And we go into it, but like something that is like, clearly something I'm taking ownership of in those situations. I'd love that more, more trust conveyed through the feedback. Cause I know she deeply trusts me Uh and I can see how it's like her own stuff that's still like, you know, bubbles up sometimes in the way she directs with actually coming from like a lack of trust. Um, But yeah.
1: Beautiful. And then,
0: I'm glad you brought that up because I haven't actually like it hasn't bothered me enough to like put the thought into it. And right here in like just like 60 seconds or like two minutes, I'm able to kind of see like taking the space to do that. Yeah. Like now I can have a conversation with her. This is great.
1: <laughs> so good. So good. Um And then I just want to clarify because I want to make sure. And then in terms of relationship feedback, because that was a little bit more around purpose and work. I'm wondering, is that the same? Or in terms of relationship, like, in terms of, like, oh, like, I can give examples of different relationship feedback stuff, like, exactly, whether it's about intimacy, or whether it's about connection, or whether it's about, you know, doing the dishes, or like, yeah, like, any, or like, oh, I want to travel more with you, or like, any feedback, I'd I'd love it if you plan more dates.
0: um, That stuff we're, like, golden on. Like, it just... um, getting each other yeah and how
1: do you like to receive that feedback it doesn't matter how she said or yeah
0: just direct and straight just up direct. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah okay
0: it's so interesting cuz when you brought that i started looking through the lens of like when she gives me feedback on work which is like where we kind of like rub sometimes and it's like yes. you know um
1: but yeah it sounds like relationship feedback feels easy
0: yeah You know, and like any couple, we have her things, you know, where it's like, no matter how much feedback we give, sometimes things don't change. And you just kind of like, (laughs) I've learned you just kind of like, you can still bring it up, but like, don't put any charge there. Just like, let it go. You know, it's like, she really likes to keep all the dirty dishes in the sink. And I actually like to put them in the counter next to the sink. So I have an empty sink when it's time to wash them.
1: Oh Yeah.
0: Like over seven years, I must have brought that up. Like I I can't even countless numbers of times, but like it still doesn't change. And that's, it's like, okay, it's just one of the quirks that we deal with. And
1: exactly. And it's so not a deal breaker. Exactly.
0: it's powerful to just let things go sometimes because we have so many much more important things to like put our energy towards in this lifetime that, you know, I you know, if those kind of things are in the way of your relationship, I, I'm like, I really question like, why there's a need to put energy into like, things that aren't that important,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah, beautiful. And in terms of your prior relationships, I'm wondering before Christina, was there any patterns that you had, like being with unavailable people or being with People who didn't want what you wanted, or people who um yeah, like were any any patterns that you saw or people that maybe yeah, just were challenging for you in a certain way, was there any patterns that you kind of kept bumping up against that maybe shifted before you met christina
0: yeah i I was in a lot of relationships before Christina. You know, I dated a lot and I lived with multiple partners over the years okay. and generally had very healthy relationships, okay. right? right? Very healthy relationships. I did notice a pattern like I had a little bit of a a, a savior complex come up where mm-hmm. it's like I noticed I was attracted to people that I could like, you know, really help and like save in some way. You know, I think that kind of came from that, you know, me needing to kind of be that person for my mom after she had been so much for me and and it just kind of like kept showing up as a pattern in my life. And, you know, the interesting thing is like when I started dating Christina, there was zero of that energy, although I ended up holding so much space for her that that we like caused an insane amount of transformation in her life where like you could actually look at what actually happened and been like, Oh, that's his him playing out again. But it was actually, there wasn't any of that. The desire, there wasn't any desire coming from like the energy of this pattern. Yeah. But I still was able to be like a huge contribution to her growth in the early days of the relationship. And it was really coming from a place of like, just love and wanting us to have the best relationship. Not, not from a place of being in that pattern. So. Totally. uh,
1: you can see the distinction there exactly yeah
0: which was it was hard for me to deal with sometimes because i was like i was like oh is this this pattern i was like no it's it's really not like i i can see it clearly mm-hmm. um but just to be in a point it's like awareness is everything you know it's like be, before that i didn't realize i was in that pattern until i like saw it and then it was like holy shit this is why i was attracted to this relationship and this relationship and this relationship and this relationship and while those relationships were very healthy um you know, it was still being driven by an underlying unconscious pattern that I wasn't aware of, you know? Yeah. yeah. So the the more we get out of the unconscious realms and into the realms of like consciousness and intention. Yeah. And, you know, part of the reason I'm really like passionate about the evolution of human consciousness is like, what would the world look like if we were so aware of our patterns and our mm. And the healing that that we're not bringing that to the table and putting it on every single person we're meeting all the time, like this world would look very different. It would look Mm. pretty beautiful, utopian
1: place, right? (laughs) Yeah. So beautiful. Love that. So so huge. Yeah, just exactly. Just take a moment, everyone. Just let yourself feel that for a second. Just feeling that energy of what would it look like for people to really be able to see so clearly themselves and the other instead of all of that projection
0: yeah and i want to be clear too i'm not i'm not perfect i still have my shit stuff comes up yes. but like but i've done a lot of healing work and it's enabled me to like see things clearly like it's yeah. like i don't feel like i'm in the matrix anymore like i feel like i'm looking at things from like a pretty clear mm-hmm. space
1: yeah beautiful i definitely yeah i don't it's it's very clear that you're um able to you know see things and own things you know own challenges and and vulnerabilities which is you know part of secure attachment which is we don't have to hide our pain or our shadow or our vulnerability we can share it openly and feel like we're still going to be accepted and loved so i really feel that from you i want to bring up this piece around trust which you brought up which is For many people with insecure attachment, it's hard to trust their partner. And I'm wondering, how do you know, and this might be something you haven't thought of before, so I'm going to ask you to kind of look into this piece, which is, how do you know that you can trust your partner? Like, what has you know that? Where is that knowingness? It's built over time for me, too, because honestly,
0: I didn't know I can trust my partner early on, but it didn't matter again there's like that deep knowingness yeah i will say like at the the deepest level
1: like Mm -hmm. i really trust in christina's love and her care for other people around her Mm -hmm. and if she were
0: ever to do anything that would come across as untrustworthy Mm -hmm. really just like I see like where that's her pain intersecting with like what her deepest values are. And her deepest value is to just be in contribution to the people around her and to be like coming from a place of love, you know? Mm-hmm. So I trust in that. I trust in like seeing that. Mm-hmm. And I love to see that in every human being. And I've tried to, and I can't always access that with everybody. Mm-hmm. Like, but I can definitely see it with her and um and we built that trust over time you know like she wasn't so sure that i was her husband as i as sure as i was that she was my wife right Mm -hmm. and her takes her a long time to integrate things and to build like that deep clarity she's like you know it's like my wife is the ocean and i'm like an island in the middle of this ocean. Like I'm so Mm -hmm. clear about everything and I'm just what I am and I see it. And she, like she literally has to like touch every piece of land in the world to like fully integrate all the possibilities over a long period of time to get to the point where it's like, this is integrated through this entire ocean.
1: And like, I,
0: I see that, but that's how she works and i just let her go through her process right and yeah. and it actually like we've been together for 7 years and i think it was like i don't remember it exactly but there was some there was a point between like 3 to 4 years 3 to 5 years into our relationship where i was like oh wow like not only does she really trust me now she trusts herself and she's fully like integrated with her decision to be my wife
1: oh, I see.
0: Like we had already been married for years before she got to the place of like, she actually fully integrated that decision. She had enough trust in me and how clear I was that she took with me, right? Yeah. That was a very vulnerable experience for me. Like I started having children with a woman that I was, I was so clear on this calling and that, you know, that this was my wife from like this deep spiritual knowing sense. Yeah. But she wasn't actually able to give me this wow. like level of like knowingness on her end or clarity on her end. Yeah, I was still going to, through that journey. Like I was a very vulnerable space to be in with somebody, and like wow, like if she doesn't arrive there and this doesn't work out, now I'm like in a you know, it's like I I want to be with her the rest of my life, and but I was like accepting of like that possibility, like and just yeah. like surrendered to it, yeah. of like and not knowing this because she hasn't arrived there yet and i just i i think it was just cuz i trusted spirit and that calling more than anything else and wow. I, it was only because i've had that experience of like putting full trust in that and being shown that 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 full trust led me to like the magical literally the most magical experiences of my life it came out of that full surrender to my intuition. So it proved to me that like, you can trust this and I can trust that. Mm-hmm. And and it worked out. Like we're at a place now where it's like, I have full trust in our relationship. I have, I feel her deep trust in me. I feel her deep, deep, like capacity to actually like do a lifetime together. You yeah. know? Yeah. I'm also fully surrendered to whatever happens. Like, I know that like, you know, it's like you can commit to somebody for a lifetime. Yeah. And I'm also like fully aware that and, and mm-hmm. so deep in that commitment, but also fully aware that anything can happen, right? It's yeah. like, yeah, it's like she could.
1: That's the paradox of life.
0: That's the paradox. And, and just yeah. like knowing that at my, my deepest truth is always going to be to do whatever is in service to her truest self. Mm-hmm. So if my my deepest truth if if her truest self actually is like she met another man and this person is clearly she has such a knowingness this person is the person she is now supposed to spend the rest of her life with, even though we're in this committed relationship, I would push really hard to make sure that that's a very well integrated decision, and I have when things like this may have come up in our relationship.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I would have the patience of going through that. It would be very difficult for me. But like if ultimately I saw that that was her truth. Right. I'd happily let her go. You know, because that's like in service to like her deepest truth. And, and that's, you know, that's hard. That's hard to do. But it's, it it's what, it's what is true to me. Yeah. I don't look at relationships as like you own this person or you can commit to something, but it's like they're their own sovereign person. And I'm in service. I am going to love her till the day we die. Right. And I'm in service to her truth and her happiness. So if that is, if that is actually different than my picture of what this is, then, then I'm going to have to hold space for whatever comes up. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think having a healthy balance there is actually really important because I think a lot of people in marriages and like lifetime commitments a lot of those things fail because it's like they have this like commitment but they're actually not doing the work because no. they're just like oh we're just kind of like living on this like life raft of a commitment that's right stating that we're going to be together but But there's not this, like, energy to, like, continue to, like, you know...
1: Grow and nurture and cultivate that garden. Yeah,
0: to me, that's, like, a never-ending thing. That you can't can't get sleepy on that, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, little aspects of a relationship that we're, like, actively working on, you know? Yeah. And, you know, no relationship is perfect. And it's just, it's evolving, Mm -hmm. right? People change. Yes. But the thing that trust... that gives me a lot of trust in our relationship too, is like our alignment of values and our commitment to growth. Like I don't feel that based on our, both of our deep commitment to growth, I don't feel like there's nothing, like there's anything that we couldn't grow through together. Right. And where I've seen partnerships fail is where it's like one person deeply committed to their own growth and their partner isn't. And they like, they grow apart because one is growing
1: and one is not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's huge, huge, huge to have that equal commitment to growth and to growing together, growing individually and growing together, both and. I was
0: just going to say, too, like, this might matter to some of your listeners that, like, I was so resigned that I was going to meet my wife before I met Christina. Like, I actually got to the point where I was almost 40 years old. Uh Uh-huh. And I was really committing to committed to being a dad and having a family. Mm-hmm. I almost got to the point that I started talking to friends about having a child together in like a friendship. Right. Rather than I was almost like gave up on this idea. And it was actually like I think in giving up that it like right. <laughs>
1: It it's up so up. crazy how many stories the surrender like the true surrender the true surrender that happened when you did that yeah it was
0: almost like i was so attached to that like i remember yeah. turning 30 and being disappointed that i didn't have a family yet yeah yeah and i just it's because it's, it's been de- like a even true
1: calling before
0: from- i've had this connection to my intuition and before i went on my spiritual journey i knew yeah. i wanted to be a dad yeah My dad didn't show up for me in ways that I wanted him to. And I felt like I would be, I would be changing that. And it's almost like what my mom, because my mom's parents were like, my grandparents were like not good grandparents. (laughs) Good good parents. My mom mom ran away from home as a teenager because of how bad her situation was. and And her devotion and commitment to me was that I'm going to change, I'm going to break this cycle in my family. Wow. And I think I took that on with my dad where my dad wasn't as present as I wanted him to be because of his addictions. And yeah. I was like, and I was committed like, I'm going to have children and I'm going to break that cycle. My mom broke this cycle for me, gave me this healthy ground to stand on. And I'm going to break the cycle yes. on this side of my lineage. And I'm going to like yes. just create a family that's like, you know, got the foundation to just like thrive where they're not working through you know, the things that my mom had to work through, I had to work through. Um Yeah. So, yeah. so I always knew I wanted that and I didn't have it. And I remember in my thirties being surrendered, and then I remember going through my like deep personal development spiritual journey and be like, Oh, I'm so glad I didn't have kids before because I was right. I, did, I was so fucked up but I didn't even see it. Right. I was totally oblivious to like how much shit was in my way of actually doing that successfully. Yeah. And then Getting to a clear place and from that place, like dating and exploring possibilities and just being like, wow, like maybe this person doesn't exist. But it was also in like, you know, it's like I have friends who have all these checklists. Like I had this checklist and it's like, Christine was very different than my checklist. And she's like the most amazing, remarkable woman in ways I could not have even put on my checklist because I didn't even know it was possible or existed. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. But I had an openness to just like throw my checklist away because this calling was so deep. And it's like, yeah, that's another thing. It's just like, I think people sometimes have all these like preconceived ideas. Yeah. These are my 10 deal breakers and someone has to have at least 15 of these 20 things or it's just not going to work. And it's like, I mean, at a certain point, it was like through really, truly surrendering. And then through that surrendering, being willing to like throw all that shit out
1: the window because it really, yeah, it's like, what do I know? Right. You know, so (laughs) that's I just love that you're bringing this piece of surrender in because it's such a powerful tool for manifestation that for a long time, I didn't actually understand what surrender meant. And what it actually felt like and looked like. And I've really uh dove deep into it. And it's exactly that, like that true, true surrender where you're like, wow, like, if this never happens, I'm going to be okay. And in fact, I'm going to move forward with having a child on my own. Like you were truly in that space of neutrality. And when that neutrality is exactly that lack of attachment, that neutrality, that connection with source and everything. It just allows for so much more to come in. And what I find is our egoic minds are so good at creating these kind of fixed attachments to this 3D reality um, that it can actually block things from coming in. So um, I I love that story because it's so, again, like so paradoxical, like as soon as you let it go, it comes in. And people say like, oh, you should stop, you know, like, you should just let this is, yeah, something (laughs) that frustrates me, which is people tell people who are looking for a relationship, like just stop looking or whatever. And that's actually can be damaging, in my opinion, because it's like, well, but if you have this deep desire, like, you know, it's not so easy to just stop looking. And so I want to just kind of highlight that piece, which is surrender is not an easy step, but it is a step that can be really powerful in manifestation. And, and so, um, it's, it's a deep, deep spiritual kind of piece that I've gotten very acquainted with and it can create a lot of freedom as well.
0: Yeah. It's definitely not easy, but you know, you don't create the best life in the world by doing the easy things. That's, that's,
1: <laughs> that is very true.
0: You've gotta be willing to do the hard stuff to get to the place you wanna
1: be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and in the Empower Love program, um, that is my signature program that helps people feel these attachment wounds and heal these patterns in love and relationship. That's the last module is surrender. And so I love that, um, that we're, we're bringing it in today, which is, um, and there's also another podcast. And if anyone's interested in diving deeper into surrender, there's a podcast episode on this podcast with cute Blackson all about surrender. And he wrote a whole book about it. Yeah. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. yeah he's so great. Oh my gosh. Um, so I'm wondering, um, this is something I ask all my couples, which is who come on the show, which is how do you guys keep the chemistry and the spark alive? Or yeah, the passion, the physical, sexual, sensual intimacy alive in your romantic relationship, especially with seven years. Like, how do you keep that going? Is there any practices you do or any coaches you work with or any date nights? Like, what, what are your things? Yeah. I mean, I will. I, I would say that our sexual
0: relationship and chemistry is at like the best it's ever been in our relationship. Uh, nice. But it started off as a challenging area for us. So it's yeah. like, normally like that's an area that like just is like fireworks in the beginning and that kind of holds people through their shit. For us, it was like we were dealing with challenges there also because my wife just had a baby and that that was impacting our oh, hormones right. And then we got pregnant within the first year we were dating. It was like, there was a lot of this like birthing and hormones and things that impact your sex life. And, totally. and after we were like kind of done going through those cycles, like, you know, I mean, we've always been working on our sexual relationship and our chemistry. Sure. Um, and it's gotten to like such a beautiful place and we're still looking to take it to like new heights. And, and I would say that the secret for us there had just been to be really intentional about it. So we yeah. do, we, carve containers so we have like two date nights a week um and then we're also like very open to spontaneous like you know just spontaneous desires or what have you and you know my my wife is like a very like sexual being she has like deep like pleasure and energy just like circulating through her like naturally and you know i think that kind of makes it easy too because she's just like I, she's like and a god body. area yeah. and she's very like connected to her pleasure, and um mm. that's just beautiful, and yeah, we just make the time and I think the hardest thing for us is like when you have three kids and we have this like this intentional community we're building and we have so many like logistics in life, it's so easy, especially because we we're such a good team, it's so easy to like talk logistics, so we have to like. We have to create these containers where it's like okay we're not going to discuss any logistics tonight like we just have to and then if we catch ourselves just being gentle and being like hey we're we're starting to go down a logistical path like let's pull ourselves out of it
1: totally that's huge that's so huge Love that.
0: yeah, and just and also like just being gentle and patient with it and not having like deep expectations like there's some nights where we have a date night and it's like Christina might be so like just her nervous system needs to decompress because she's been like managing three kids and like, she's also homeschooling them. So she's like their teacher and their mother and her everything. And, and she just can't get into a sexual place and just like being like, okay, that's cool. Like Mm -hmm. we're just going to like sit here and cuddle and massage and connect. And, and sometimes, again, it's like that whole surrender. It's like as soon as you're like, okay, like there's no here, we're just kind of like be together. And Then all of a sudden, it gets like passionate, and, yeah. and we'll be all over each other. So you know, it's just kind of like being with it. Um, the way,
1: waves of intimacy and passion.
0: Yeah. yeah there's parts of a relationship that naturally have just excelled. That's one that we've actually like worked on. Like we actually like had to work on and, and and we did see some coaches, um, Jennifer mm-hmm. Russell. I don't know if you know her. She's, she's with us. She's epic. Yeah. I love her so much. Yeah. And we did her and Brian's, um, um, empowered relationship course. Actually, I don't even know what that's called. It's been so long now, but the
1: workshop that we were, I was at that with you. That workshop. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. shit. I yeah,
0: totally, yes. totally didn't make that connection. No. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. But like, that was an epic workshop, and yeah, yeah. Um, so outside of that, we haven't done too much like support. We were in another like mastermind for couples, which was really mm-hmm. cool. It's That's like awesome. a bunch of different couples, and oh, yeah, there was like I a I heard
1: about that, yeah
0: um zoom call where we all connected we did that during the pandemic for a while and it was really sweet to just like drop in with other couples and like hear about their experiences and share your experiences and learn from each other kind of like you know yeah. like, like business masterminds it's like well ship as its own entity like
1: it really is like
0: yeah. with other couples and learn from them and share with them and support them and get their support you know it's like it's the totally. same thing. so yeah i mean we we love doing the work, and we're in the work, and we're constantly trying to make life better. And yeah. as, as great as it is, sometimes it's like, how does it get better? And you know, and then there's ups and downs. Like everyone goes through bumps. Like we just had a really rough year, and we're we went through a lot of bumps. Not not in our relationship, but just in our life. Like
1: challenges, mm-hmm. friends
0: passing away, some real big deep business challenges with mm-hmm. the community we're building, and you just you kind of roll through those things. But it's like. I look at the long-term trajectory of life and life keeps getting better when you keep working on yourself, you know?
1: Definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. It has been such an honor, such a joy, like so many gems have come out of this interview. I can't wait to listen to it again. Just so much wisdom that you have and deep presence and, Um, availability. It's just so, so beautiful to hear your, your, um, your just passion for your purpose and your passion for your family and your wife. And yeah, I just such a blessing to talk to you today.
0: Thank you so much, Maya. So, and I'm just so grateful that you're doing this work in the world, that you're supporting people and really finding their secure attachment and getting in the relationship of their dreams and, and working through the things that need to be worked on to like make that really possible, you know, and it, uh, it's, it's really beautiful. And I'm I'm glad you're out there supporting people on that journey.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate that. Alrighty. Well, thank you all so much for coming and listening to this episode, and I will see you on the next one. Thank you so much for listening to rewire your attachment style. This is Maya Diamond to receive your two free gifts to help you on your journey to lasting love. And to start rewiring your attachment style today, go to empowerlove.us forward slash love.